The following podcast contains some strong language and some very average opinions. Any references to actual people are wildly inaccurate. It's probably best if you don't listen at all. The Roaring Peacock Podcast. Welcome back to the Roaring Peacock main cast. On the show, we'll take a look back at Newcastle, Leicester and Everton fixtures, look ahead at Crystal Palace. We can't skip over the pitch, but we'll probably slip on it. There's also been deadline day too, and um, we'll celebrate LGBT History Month. We find out what the club are doing to celebrate it with our guest Mish from Marching Out Together. But first... The week began with a trip to Newcastle where we probably didn't deserve to win and continued with a trip to Leicester where we did deserve to win and ended with a loss to Everton where we deserved to have longer studs. (laughs) In injury news, we're hearing that Forshaw and Berardi are delighted to have some company for a change with Lorente and Rodrigo spicing up those games of Monopoly. But we're saddened to hear uh, uh, that both of Rob Price's parents passed due to COVID and we're hoping that he's got some strong support around him at this time and that uh, the people who aren't taking this pandemic seriously uh, do. While in the quietest January transfer window any of us can remember, deadline day came and went without so much as a whisper of a depot. A few players left on loan that we didn't realise we even still had and no one wanted to buy boy though... So we'll have to say bye, boy, in the summer. (laughs) (laughs) The under-23s put in another impressive performance against Sunderland. They're now 10 points clear at the top, uh, prompting chants in households all across the LS postcodes of, and now you're going to believe us, we're going to win Premier League 2, Division 2. And the slightly catchier, na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. The kids are going up, going up. The kids are going up. For more on the... Uh, nobody was singing that. Um, for more on the under-23s, you can catch our youth pod that comes out every Saturday or Sunday. And RIP East Point Arena. F's in the chat. As Ellen Road is finally on FIFA. The people dancing on the chairs in the disabled section and the away fans in the cop were a bit uncalled for. And a bit unrealistic with none of the players slipping constantly. And in non-Leeds-related news, our regular post-season tour destination is in doubt after Myanmar had their government overthrown. Still, the last time we went there, there was an attempted genocide. So I guess, <laughs> fuck it, Myanmar it is then. <laughs> uh, sadly it was 32 million pounds raised and 100 and out for sir tom moore the keithley man who refused to kneel before the queen because he wouldn't be able to get up again was an inspiration uh, to the whole country throughout this pandemic and a bunch of redditors short squeezed wall street firm into losing four billion dollars using an app called robin hood speaking of robin hood Nottingham Forest finally chased down Leeds. <laughs> uh, they finally matched Leeds points total for the 1920 championship season. 20 odd games into this campaign. Good on them. <laughs> and finally, a co-commentator in Scotland lost his job after he apologised for not turning his audio back on after, a, uh, after half-time because... He'd had a shit. <laughs> and had to squeeze pretty hard. Oh, man. Oh. So that was your, that was your week. Uh, uh, God, my name's Adonis. And <laughs> you can find me at the Adelaide. It's a very good hello from me. And joining us is um, Wiggy, who is at... Wiggy1234 on Twitter. Uh, good afternoon. And uh, also Ross Bell at uh, Ross Bell 1984. Hello. So that was your week. How was it, gentlemen? Busy, wasn't it? Lots yeah. of football. Lots, yeah. lots of football. 
It's weird. You go from like that, that big old gap when there's nothing happens for like 10 days, 14 days, no football, and then you get three games in a week and it's like oh, thick and fast and it's two wins and a loss. Not a bad week, really. Yeah, no, I think if you think about the uh, going into the week and someone said you could have six points from them, uh, from them three, you'd snap the hands off. Uh, mm. So, yeah, really good. And I think yeah, we were unlucky not to have more, really, uh, on, on last night's performance. But, yeah, no, good week, uh, good points return. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Um, so let's talk about Newcastle first. Then I thought we probably didn't re- didn't deserve anything from that game. <laughs> uh, in hindsight, yeah, yeah. If Newcastle could shoot, then they probably would have beat us. Twenty-two shots, but only five on target. We only had two on target, but we scored both of ours. That's the uh, that's the difference there, isn't it? Really, I, th- I think the, uh, the the problems we caused were the problems we caused ourselves, though. By being crap, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and you're right, they can't shoot, so so we've got away with it, and we're lucky to at this level get away with that. I think that we felt so bad about it because we kind of assumed that Newcastle hadn't improved, and they have, haven't they? They've turned their form around. Yeah, they are. Um, they, yeah, they beat Everton just after they lost to us, and yeah, the it was all down to Graham Jones coming in and being the new kind of assistant coach he's not he's taking Steve Bruce's job whether Bruce likes it or not but he's uh, he seems to have had the the players seem to want to play for him now rather than when we played them just before Christmas they looked devoid of any idea at all I think they're still crap though <laughs> like <laughs> the, the only saving grace for them is that there's three teams that are absolutely terrible that are going down and that's uh, and that will save them and that will save a lot of other drops in this league uh, yeah. the three down there are terrible and not going out of it that's for sure if anyone from Newcastle is listening uh, we've got a message for you <laughs> yeah your team is your team's shy <laughs> but they already know that so it's fine <laughs> Okay, and Leicester, where we did deserve to win then, uh, was a fantastic performance and and um, something that we really needed, I think. We were brilliant. We were really, really good. I, the first half thought was pretty even. I think we maybe just shaded it first half, but then he, when he decided to take all Brighton off, who seemed to just have the, the free run of wherever they're playing now, the Walker Stadium, Filbert Street, whatever it's called, took him off and brought a centre-back on. It didn't make any sense to me, and it just kind of gave us the impetus to just go and attack. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think going, uh, the second half they changed up, didn't they, to start with? And I, and I was I was screaming at the telly, I'll admit that we needed to change something because we just, we just didn't look like we could get to grips with it. Um, but, but then all of a sudden it clicked and we got it and, and there was no turning back from that. I, I'll admit, I think just before we scored the second, I was screaming at the telly to get Bamford off. And, yeah, and I, 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 I was like, what? Get him off. You know, Roberts has been really, really decent when he's come on. Hmm. Let's bring Roberts on and change it up a bit. And uh, and I'm so glad that I am, I'm not listening to... I'm not heard. <laughs> <laughs> In my house on my own, screaming at the telly. <laughs> no, it was... Um, I think it was Strauch who made the interception and gave it to Rafinha and then it was the first time ball in for Bamford and what a finish yeah. that was and and I felt that was the that was the turning point where we we believed that we could we could beat them and we could get a win that day it still baffles me how he can he didn't look at the goal he just stared at the ball the entire time and managed to place it inch perfectly into that top corner mm. if I had tried that that would have gone over the stadium it would have just gone miles wide or something it's it's mad that you just know where the goal is and you can't really get on him for not doing it more because he's done it pretty well this season he's pretty good at this this year no he, he is he's, he's much improved I think in last season I was probably one of his biggest critics and I think uh, he's really stepped up and showed a lot of people this year that he's he's a decent footballer he can mm. score goals um, and he, he's doing the business for us mm. I think um, anyone else pro- probably wouldn't have scored that on, on Saturday I think clicks would have ended up back at Ellen Road so <laughs> <laughs> it's good that it dropped to Bamford uh, and, and he put it away and then you know, going the third one, he's completely unselfish act and, and Jackie Harrison and putting that one away and then that's game done, isn't it? Would he have, would he have passed that if he hadn't already scored that one earlier in the game? I, I'd hope Ooh. so. I, I'd like to think so. I think that he's, he hasn't really endeared himself generally to, to our fan base um, because he's he's very softly spoken and he seems to be very nice and he also missed a lot of chances. Yeah. Um. So 
he's improved his efficiency a lot this season. And he's still a very, very nice chap. So if he had a bit more needle to him, I think I think he'd be very, very popular. Um, as it is, he's just kind of somewhat popular with our fan base. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think it's that. And I think it's, you know, the first two seasons he was with us, with us he, he missed some sitters and that gets people on your back, doesn't it? Especially yeah. when that's your main role and your main job. And, and I know he does so much more for us. Um, as, as a striker and, and as a forward, he, he does. But when you when you're paid to score goals and you're not scoring them, people are going to get on your back. And mm. not only was he not scoring them, at times he was defending for the other team when it would come off him on the line, and you'd be like, "For God's sake, what are you doing?" Yeah. Um, but but yeah, this season he's been uh, he's been different class. His uh, his goal conversion is still really low. It's only eighteen percent of all the goals he scored, like of. So uh, Salah's the leading scorer. He's got 28 goal conversion. Son has got 41% goal conversion. So he's still not as efficient as these top, top level strikers. But for a guy that's mainly been a championship striker his entire career, he's doing fantastically. Yeah, I think there's one season, I think it was 2012, 2013 season, where Messi got something ridiculous goal conversion rate, like over 100%, maybe like... (laughs) I think he scored like 60 goals or something. So Jesus Christ. <laughs> Can you imagine him? Can you imagine him <laughs> under Bielsa? <laughs> I mean, what is in the water in Rosario? Yeah. Madness. My God. Um, and, there, and I've just seen an article on BBC about where, where would the best destination for Erling Haaland be? Please. Would Please. it be? Yeah. But they've said, you know, would it be Man City or, or Liverpool or whatever? Um, and I just think if he if you put Haaland in in this Leeds team, oh my god, forty plus goals a season, isn't it? He's not going to miss the chances. He's not going to have an eighteen percent completion rate or conversion rate. <clears throat> that's going to be up around fifty percent at least, you'd think. Some mm. goals this boy can score, and that's nothing against Bamford. It's just no. Haaland is a wonder kid. Yeah. And especially this season, because it's just a bizarre, bizarre season where, you know, goals are going in left, right and centre, you know. The scum beating Southampton 9-0 is another example of this crazy season we're in. Yeah, 6-2 starting to look like... It's all right. We got away with it, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> we were competitive, at least. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair to Southampton... Uh, they they got they got fucked again by this ridiculous VAR of um, a, a nose hair offside. Yeah, that's yeah. How can that? How can the authorities keep that going? I mean, every single com- line they drew on the screen made it no no more clear that he was onside. Everyone just said, "Yeah, this guy's onside. Why have you disallowed this?" I I I just don't understand what the what they're trying to get to. Like it, it just makes no sense whatsoever. It's not. Um, it, it, it's not—it's a nonsense. That's mm. exactly what it is. It's—it's it's ruining, and it is ruining the game. And until the, it isn't bad, it's the issue. It's the, it's the implementation of it that's mm. the issue. Yeah. And I think you know they've got to take a step back. They've got to pause and reflect and say this just is not working. Mm. Our implementation—we've got to put it right. Mm. And until we do, it should be suspended. Yep. Um, and and it used to be that if you're in line, you're on side, and. Mm. I don't understand what's happened. And another thing that I don't understand is the handball rule. And (laughs) I have seen, so we can move on to Everton now. And I've seen the ball hit Luke Ayling's arm in the penalty area. And don't get me wrong. I I was very, very happy that the referee didn't see it and VAR didn't look at it. Yeah. But (laughs) it's a handball, isn't it? What (laughs) is is a handball anymore? Yeah, I'm baffled by it completely. And if that, if that, if an opposition player does that, we'd be fuming. I mean, people would be throwing their their TVs out the window. Well, there was a shot from Harrison in the second half, which on his way to goal hit one of the, the Everton defenders on the arm. Mm. That that could have been given as a handball. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, this one from Ailing, his his arms yeah. out, his arm is way out of, of his body. And it's hit him on um, below below the sleeve. See, I, I've, I've worked figured that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> Did 
they, did, did they even look at it? I don't think they did. Does anyone know what's going on anymore? I think Graham Swift tweeted actually, yeah, they're, look, they're checking that VAR, but nobody knows what the actual rule is anymore, so it's kind of a waste of time checking. <laughs> yeah. yeah I think, just giving them something to do for a couple of minutes. Yeah. Have a, have, a, have a look at that. We don't know what you're looking at, but have a look. Yeah, so, crazy. Everton then. Um, for me, it was probably one of the most positive losses. I, I think for the first time this season, we've come away from a game not getting what we deserved, if that mm. makes sense. So, like... I think all the other games, whether we've lost or won, you, you've gone, yeah, that was the right result, pretty much. I think for the first time the Everton won, I've looked and I've gone, how often we at least got a point and we probably should have won it in the second half, to be fair. Yeah, I'd say I'd say we deserve to beat Arsenal. Um, and we were unlucky to to lose against Wolves because it was a, just the deflection of KP's um, dreads. Yeah. Or braids. But, yeah. But I, 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 I didn't feel as frustrated as I do on this one. Yeah. No. Uh, I, I personally feel like, yeah, we should have won that or, or definitely a draw. The others, I'm kind of like, yeah, okay, this one I'm just baffled. But we did play on an ice rink, so, yeah. Yeah, I've missed it. I was at work last night. I've only watched the highlights. And <clears throat> bar there being no one marking Gilfie Sigerson as he scores the easiest goal he ever score, all I heard was people just falling over all night long. Is it really that bad? I, I think we just like to moan about the pitch, so now we've sorted it. <laughs> we've decided that actually we're going to moan about people slipping on it. But to be fair, they did slip on it. They did slip on it a hell of a lot. Uh, right. I think they borrowed it from the ice rink next door that's been closed ever since it opened. <laughs> they didn't get it from London. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Um, uh, I haven't. I haven't done the research yet because I, I, I haven't had time. But we've we conceded again. Uh, the, Conceded the first goal again early, and yeah. I, I I can't understand it because um, the, the last three years we've whenever we've scored first we've looked like we were going to win, yeah. and whenever we've conceded first it looked like it was going to go the other way um, because then teams just um, set up uh, set up a low block against us. But um, what I liked about this game was that Everton are an established Premier League team. Have they even ever been relegated? No. Never. I don't think my they have, have they? My other sporting mates love to live off that. We've never been relegated. Yeah. Right, right. So that's that's in their trophy cabinet then, the uh, <laughs> never been relegated cup. <laughs> yeah. But they were setting up defensively against us to hit us on the counter. And we're a newly promoted team here. <laughs> and as well, like... The goals they scored were shocking. Like that first goal, what mm. were we doing from from a defensive point of view? Yeah. Like just stood watching it like pedestrians. It was ridiculous. Mm. And and then another one from a corner, and you just look and you think, God, when are we going to sort this out? And I know that the media love to jump on the back of it and uh, and love to give us a hammer in for the fact that we can't defend corners um, or, or set pieces. But you you do look and you think, when are we going to sort this out? What are we doing about it? Because at the minute, I can't see any evidence that it's improving. Mm. I thought it, they defended it all right until the Cavalier was just completely unmarked at the back post. Like the rest of the guys, done right. Just left out one guy, unfortunately. And Ailing <laughs> said that was his fault. He was, that was his man. And he, uh, he was annoyed because we've been improving recently on defending set pieces. And we have. We've been much better recently. It mm. seemed, they've seemed to have switched to a, a zone and that doesn't seem to be picked up by the media at all. They're quite happy to hammer you when it goes wrong playing man-marking, but now they've switched back to the more traditional thing, it's working better. But yeah, just Ailing lost his man, unfortunately. I, I think the attacking of our set-pieces is significantly improved. Mm. I think Rafinha taking the corners is is a good move and, and he's doing a great job. And I think Phillips has got better as well on the other side. So mm. I think our delivery at, at set-pieces has massively improved and was needed as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, some luck goes into it, but Everton are, Everton are very, very strong in the air. They've got yeah. a lot of big bullies at the back. Holgate, uh, Mina, you know, and, and, and then when you've got Ducure and, and, and Godfrey as well, all, all in there um, for set pieces, then it does make it difficult. But we were unlucky. Yeah. We were unlucky to, to not get anything from our set pieces because 
Alioski had a great chance and, and oh, there was yeah. a Strauch header. Um, we had about six corners, I think, all very, very quickly at the start of the game. And, and then they scored from their first one. Also, the goals came, Everton goals came um, on the ninth minute and then the 41st minute. So that's a bit of psychological blow. It's like right at the start of the half and then just before half time. So it was mm-hmm. difficult for us. It was difficult and, it, and we did get unlucky. Um, the pitch then. Uh, the ice rink so we've touched on it um but we will have to touch on it again and this time we're going to slip all over it so they were slipping all over the place weren't they what are we going to do about that well you, you, i'm not a grass ex- expert by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> before we go into Old grass experts, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah I, I won't even show you my lawn at home it's awful uh but the <laughs> The, the, you would hope that it's just a bedded in thing and it, it, and it beds in and, and therefore becomes less slippery. I don't know. But, because what else can you do? We can't dig it up again and, uh, and put another down and keep trying until we get it right. This is the pitch we've got for the rest of the season. So I presume longer studs and and hopefully it beds in. Yeah, it was always longer studs. That's what I was told. If it was raining when we play Sunday League, get your long studs on. If it was dry, get your blades on and you'd be fine. So, yeah, surely they should have at least two or three pairs of boots each to uh, get, get them through a game. But, yeah, you um, if it's that slippery, Bielsa likes it to be wet, doesn't he? He likes the ball to be slick and part, good he? passing. Yeah, he always asks for the pitch to be uh, watered. Bielsa, you kinky sod. <laughs> right before <laughs> kick-off. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, it needs to. Uh, it needs to, if it's that slippery that we can't actually just stand up and defend properly. Yeah, that can't. That's going to be an issue. Wasn't it one point where Cooper and Stroik both fell over, but the, you know, they managed to both clear it. It was a Russian roulette. It really was. It, it was. It, at any moment, somebody could slip, and it could cost you cost you the game. Jesus. But it was for both sides, so you know they were slipping as well. It was. It was as bad for them as it was for us. But um, I, I don't know how you resolve it. Like, is it long? Yeah, I think it is longer studs and cut it better. I mean, the <laughs> chance, the chance that would be happening, it, in, you know, if, if fans were there, you know, slipping and sliding all along, <laughs> Ellen Road with you, da 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 da, my football team, do 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 do. <laughs> save, save it for when we're back, save it for when we're back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, and you've revived that Alioski strike. If that had gone in, yeah, it seems if it would have been at Ellen Road, would have been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, he had a good game as well. Um, but yeah, just to finish that that thought on the on the pitch, we've had to as Leeds fans, we've we've gone through a a number of different extracurricular activities, so learning about finance and um, and debt, and and becoming kind of investigators into. Um, into offshore uh, investment <laughs> companies and um, the uh, the Italian mafia scene, um, and and now we can all become grass experts. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could get someone on from B and Q to come and talk about it. <laughs> other other grass expert shops are available. <laughs> And on this week's grass grass pod. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Just, yeah. There can't be many other clubs that have this sort of wide-ranging knowledge of things that have nothing to do with football, but because of their football team. Like, right. I, I, I never knew I'd need to know about tax on uh, uh, Land Rovers and things like that and yachts, but yeah, you know it now because of what we've been through. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Tottenham put some form of grease on it to pay us back for the jackpot <laughs> robbery. Yeah. Fucking... It, so. it, it wouldn't surprise me, would it? I mean, I wrote in the um, I wrote in the match review today. If you haven't seen it, theroaringpeacock.com. Um, <laughs> but I wrote in there that they have we sold them a wonder kid, and that it turned out that they only got Jack Clark. <laughs> and they've sold us and so in revenge they've sold us a football pitch but it's turned out to be a fucking ice rink (laughs) and they're they're pissing themselves with 300 grand of our money 
for a bit of grass that we could have got from the B&Q at the end of the road. The the road. <laughs> for, for probably three three thousand pounds. They're pissing themselves. We could have got it for free as well. Probably a nice little sponsorship. You know, we'd have to say goodbye to the name Ellen Road, but you know, welcome to the, the B and Q Arena. Arena. <laughs> <laughs> just on just on the game and the season in general, how good is Rafinha? He Oh, he is yeah, God rough. He's different level, isn't he? Like and what a bargain, like and 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 I know all Leeds fans will want him here forever and a day, but um, you've got to be realistic. If you get a good couple of seasons out of him, when we we spend a massive profit on him, then you'll eighty take million off he goes. I'll take that as long as not yeah, to scum. Yeah. Fine with that. Yeah. But that team last night and the team for the last couple of games—that's that's a Championship team. Mm-hmm. Uh, apart from Rafinha, that is a team that played in the Championship last season, and we've gone toe to toe with Everton. Sure, we've lost, but we should probably should have won. Their keepers kind of kept them in it with some fantastic saves, but. I think that's the thing, isn't it, Ross? It's it's like we can't kind of measure the improvement of these players yeah. accurately because um, we're used to we're so used to winning, and actually we're so used to like the anxiety um, mm. of of having to win every single game in the championship just in yeah. order to to stay up near the top. Never mind win it, win it, win things. I, yeah. I, and that's where I've been this year. So you're right because for the last two seasons, every game was muscling. Yeah. And there's, there's there's certain games this season where I get nervous. So your Newcastle's, mm. your bottom clubs, the ones we have to win to stay in this division. Then there's your teams like your Man City, your Liverpool's, where you can just enjoy it. And just think, yeah, this is brilliant. Let's have a let's see what we can do and have a ding dong and and go for it. So I think um, you're right. It's just a it's a it's a different season, isn't it? Filled with different anxieties for us. Yeah, um, but it's it's great to watch. And um, Rafinha is yeah, different class. We've lost ten games this year. The previous two years, we've lost twenty two combined. But it is it's a massive learning curve. And we, we like you say, we used to winning. Last season was a canter in the end. But the the bottom half of this division is so terrible. I've got absolutely no thoughts of us getting relegated at all. Yeah, I said and, in our WhatsApp chat the other day. I had my Phil Hay moment. We're, we're safe when we beat Leicester. We're safe. Yeah, that's I, fe- I felt that too, and that's what I wrote in the match review, which you can read at theroaringpeacock.com. Did I mention that? <laughs> have, you, have you got a new website that you tried to put? <laughs> we put. I put no effort into it. It's it's really just uh, not been knocked up. Yeah, like a like a cheap floozy on a Friday night. No. Um, but Wiggy, um, when you were saying we can just relax against the big teams, um, it shows you the measure of. It also shows you the measure of where we think we are or where we almost are when you look at Everton, who have really historically just been outside the, yeah. the big teams. They've been perennial seventh or eighth um, in the league, and it shows you how 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 high we think we can get. We think we can we can get Europa League. Place and judging by that performance, we're, we're, we're probably not far off it. And that, I mean, is a testament to the players, really, and 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 the management team. I think if you if you think about it, so you know, I'm, I'm glad that he's playing striker and Cooper, and he hasn't moved Dalen back in. I think yeah. it, we needed to try give um, them chance to, to bed in and get a partnership going mm-hmm. and, and see how we get on and I think it's proven the right move um, and then on top of that so you know we're currently sitting 11th we're, we're playing really well again which is great but if our new signings especially Cock and Lorente were fit like where would we be because I don't believe some of them goals from last night for example would have gone in I think we'd have had a much better defensive structure and we, we would have picked up a few more points along the way on the other yeah. hand, I do seem to recall Cock being directly responsible for a number of goals. That was a running meme at the time, I'm sure it was. Yeah, first couple of weeks of this podcast it was. Conceded 38 goals, which uh, I mean, that's not bad for a, a, a newly promoted team. West Brom conceded 52 goals in mm. 22 games. That is insane. Yeah, they're definitely going down, aren't they? I, I, I think they're, I think them and Sheffield United, I think Sheffield United have been unlucky 
<laughs> to a certain extent. But they I think well, haven't they? But lost a lot of games. Yeah. Um, but I think them and and Sheffield United, that's that's probably you know some of the lowest points totals that we've seen in in the, um, in the top flight for a long, long time. Mm. I, I, I think I think you know thirty one points will probably be enough to stay up this season. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I don't think we'll get, and I don't think Fulham or any of the teams will will get that many points. They're mm. that bad, and I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, Brighton are now picking up points. Mm. Um, Burnley will pick up points again. And, and I just don't see them bottom three picking up anywhere near enough points to, to get out of trouble. So, Crystal Palace then. We owe them one for last time. It was a wacky game. Um, it, we lost 4-1 and it didn't deserve to be anywhere near that. Um, Bamford got done by the uh, ridiculous offside rule. And um, and the the goals were flying in. There was one from a set piece. Uh, Costa. There was a bizarre uh, deflection off an attempted uh, blocked blocked cross, um, which maybe Melly could have done better, but he he was he was wrong footed. And and there was a f- freak of a free kick that you're never gonna that you'd hardly ever see <laughs> very many times a season. So it was yeah. it was very flattering to them, wasn't it? Yeah, it was not a full-one game at all. Mm. You take out those errors and you, you give Bamford his goal back uh, that was wrongly ruled out, it's a much, much different game. Mm. They were definitely not three goals better than us. Yes, and the big difference this time is we're not in London. Unfortunately, we've got a London ice rink to play on. <laughs> so it's the Russian roulette again. Yep, still haven't won a game in London. <laughs> Even playing in Leeds. Yeah. <laughs> Palace are a really weird team. Like they're, they're... Maybe that's why we bought the pitch from Tottenham. <laughs> but they beat Newcastle, they beat Wolves, they lost to West Ham, they got battered by City. They they kind of win games they shouldn't win and then lose to teams they shouldn't lose to and give other game give other teams a really good run for their money. Like the, the West Ham game was back and forth and West Ham are really good this year, unfortunately. But then they, they struggled to beat Newcastle um yesterday, so or on Tuesday. So I, I I've no idea what to make of them. Hmm. Yeah, and I've no idea to make of um, what to make of Roy Hodgson either, because he is a desperately ugly man, isn't he? There's <laughs> like an owl of a man. Yeah. He's a, a Sith Lord, <laughs> if ever I've seen it. Can you imagine getting managed by that? <laughs> oh dear. If, okay. Um, and I'm sure I'm, I'm sure you'll cover this in the, the match preview, but I think Zaha's out. I think he is. Yeah. Okay. I think. Yeah, and I think. That's a massive boost for us. Uh, I think with with him in there, a, a different team, and he, he's the sort of player that they'll just say run at us as, as like, like the the yeah they all do if they've got a fast player. So uh, yeah, it's good that he's injured. Gives us a, a good chance. Yeah, less chance of conceding the penalty, definitely. Yeah, imagine the chance <laughs> if if he was our player, Wilfred <laughs> Zaha. <laughs> Lives and dies for Leeds, Zaha. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. Good job he's not playing because that pitch with Zaha's tendencies to fall over. It's going to be an issue. Yes, I, I was so oh, worried that somebody was going to get badly injured or sent off and or both in the same instance. Is it? It's a bit dangerous, I think, to be honest. So, could you imagine Grealish on that pitch? Yeah, when we play Villa again, <laughs> end of Feb. Ooh. Hopefully it's better than better by then. So now we'll move on to LGBT History Month. And as Wiggy has, uh, has just said, there's not much LGBT history that we know of um, with the club. But in general, I mean, the, the football club doesn't exist in a void. You know, there was uh, large periods of, of time where it was just even illegal to be LGBT. So. Uh, we have actually no idea, and that's kind of the point, isn't it? I mean, that's that's what we're talking about, and that's why it's important, really. Yeah, I think so. I think um, obviously we're going to have a guest on very soon who's going to talk about the things that the club are doing uh, this month. So I won't steal their thunder because there's lots, lots and lots going on yeah. um, that I think is really important. I think um, only you know recently on on 
Channel 4, there's a, a new show out. Um, so catch it if you haven't already, called It's a Sin, which is on about the uh, the AIDS epidemic, pandemic in uh, in the 80s, and is a real eye-opener. Um, and obviously, I, I identify as gay, uh, but it was an eye-opener for me. There was things in there where I was like, wow, that, did that really happen? And, mm. uh, and uh, what that probably that, show doesn't show and the reason why these events are important is it doesn't show how far we've come from there so you're right on it like it's you know it's illegal some time ago uh to be gay it is in some countries still uh which is shocking um but you you have to do and have these events to educate and to, to help people uh understand you know what has happened in the past and and what's going to happen uh hopefully in the future as we as we move forward there may be some listeners or viewers who've only just joined us uh, recently because we are a growing channel um, and they might not, they might have seen you before a few times and, and might not even have known that you were gay. And we did that uh, sort kind of consciously, didn't we? And, and I think there was a, there was a kind of a real intent behind that. Yeah, I think we, well, we had a chat, didn't we, offline and off the pod where it was, I kind of said, you know, I think it's really important that it isn't an issue, as in, you know, this is with you, he's gay. Like, that's just, it's not the point. I'm here to talk about football. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, whether I'm gay, straight, whatever that is, I'm here to, to give my opinion and to, and to have a laugh and, and just be kind of one of the lads talking about football. Um, and it just so happens that I'm, I'm gay but I think what you've got to do is you've got a sense of responsibility there to make sure that you are factually well educated on the matter so that people who um, would jump on something like that don't have the option to so for example you know oh he's gay don't know what he's talking about uh, oh he likes football he's gay oh, he, he definitely doesn't know what he's that sort of thing I think it goes back to and I don't want to dredge over it but the Karen Kearney thing she has a a responsibility to make sure that she doesn't give them half an inch to to say the things that they did say which is you know is rude and disgusting about her you know get back in the kitchen and all them things it's just really important that you you understand what you're saying because you give people half an inch and, and they'll jump on it. Ross did you want to have any input? I don't really know. It's, I'm coming from a very privileged background that I'm a, a white heterosexual male. I've got no sort of, I've got no problems with gay people. I've got no problems with straight people, black people, orange people, yellow people, blue people. It doesn't matter to me. People are people, no matter what their choices are. So, yeah, I, I can't put my shoes, myself in the shoes of a gay person attending a football game. It must be some of the stuff you hear must be absolutely sickening. But I'd like to know what you, you think kind of how the clubs have handled stuff like Leeds. I remember when they had the GFH um, were in charge, they they partnered up with Stonewall, one of the first clubs to do that, I think. Uh, yeah, back in the day, absolutely. Mm. And the, the, they continue to do that to, to this day. With uh, um, Mitch will come on and talk about the, the work we're doing with Stonewall down at the academy. And I think for LGBT History Month, it's very much an internal thing they're focusing on, which I think is the right thing to do. I don't think um, there's much need to be coming out to, to do a lot of things, you know, on the social media and things like that. Yeah. Um, because we do that around Pride and we do that around Rainbow Laces. I think this one is a, a, a they've definitely come at it from a different angle in terms of what they're trying to achieve and the education piece, which is really, really important because um, because I think that definitely at the academy and the, the, the allies we've got down there is, uh, she wants to make it a real safe space so that if there is a player, a youth player, uh, you know, an under 18 and under 23 who, who is gay, they want them to, to feel comfortable in that environment. And I think you love to see it. It's great that they're thinking about that. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's a, I, I think there's, there's two things. It's like perspective, someone's perspective is, is important. Um, but when it's kind of shoved down everybody's throats, then it's, it gets too it gets too much, doesn't it? It's it's nobody nobody likes that. There's a, always a point where it's just a bit too much, um, and it, and it goes with religion or or anything else. So it, it's all about preachiness, isn't it? And I think that's the that's one of the factors 
um, why we don't, you know, also because it'd be demeaning. Obviously, that's the number one factor, but that's we don't parade Wiggy round like, oh, here's the gay one. We've got one, you know. And- <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> <You> know, so, <laughs> so I mean, there's there's two episodes pro- probably that we'll do every year. One is Rainbow Laces, and one's for LGBT history. and And there's five weeks essentially out of fifty two um, where we'll, in general, uh, maybe mention it. Um, but the rest of the time, it's about football, and I just think that's kind of important to note that 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 that. While Wiggy is a, is a is a gay man, it that does not alter anything about uh, our our friendship with him or him being involved on the, on the pod or like his ability to talk about anything, but specifically Legion I, because that's the subject that we cover <laughs> or we attempt to. <laughs> yeah, we try. Yeah, we try our best. <laughs> Um, and hopefully there's a message in there without without having to say it most of the time. Yeah, and I, and I think that is really important. You know, there, there may be um, people who watch the pod, listen to the pod, um, and this just this conversation might help them, um, which I think is really powerful and, and really important and is why, you know, I do the work I do with Marching Out Together because the two things I... I you know, they're really important to me, being gay and being um and, and being out there and, and also football like and if you can combine the two and do some good stuff with that, then it, it's great. I've never been one um to kind of be out in the gay community doing loads of things. Like I just I, it just I haven't, but when you know match acts gonna came about, um I love football like and I can do something that does help the community, and and it was just the right time to get involved and do some stuff. So I think, uh, yeah, I think it's really good. Brilliant. Okay, so now we've got a knock, knock, knock on the door, and we're going to have to let her in, I suppose. Uh, it's uh, Mish, <laughs> uh, one of the marching out together members. Hello. Hi, Mish. How are you going? I'm Hello. all right, thank you. I'm good. Hello. Welcome Hello. to the podcast. Thank um, you. I, I I tried so hard to get a any any kind of female who would like to do who would like to be a podcast host because one of the ideas before we started this pod was that we could maybe try and diversify um the co the co-hosts and not just have um white uh 18 to 30 uh, 18 to 35 males on and unfortunately it wasn't possible (laughs) Made it so now. Then. You're fulfilling a lot, uh, uh, a long-term dream. Oh wow! I, I don't know to what def- to say about that, but I'm very <laughs> happy to be doing so from a distance. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mish, you're here to talk about um, LGBT history. Yes, mm-hmm. I am. Basically, we're gathered around the campfire here, and you're 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 the messenger oh, no. giving us the information. Some marshmallows going. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, I'm I'm glad, obviously glad for LGBT History Month, and it needs to be happening. I'm glad it is. Still hearing stories of homophobia all over the place, even when play, people post that national uh, that the LGBT History Month is happening, there is still people saying, "What do we need that for?" And I've seen people saying, "Oh, a whole month for you gays then," and uh, stuff like that. And I think that this is why it's uh, it needs to happen. Um, one of the many reasons, obviously, but uh, people need to understand that uh, there's still a fight going on that we have to battle with, it's still ongoing, uh, and, and homophobia still exists, uh, along with racism and everything else. And we still need to keep the world talking and keep the world aware that we have this we have this ongoing issue, um, and we're not trying to ram anything down anyone's throats we're just trying to highlight what we stand for and what um a wiki what is say for, uh, well <laughs> for you, isn't it? There you you'll, you'll, you'll make me blush <laughs> yeah. 
I've not seen that happen yet. <laughs> I think you touch on a really important point, and that's that's the the kind of the echo chambers that exist now. Um, that people maybe maybe there are people who genuinely don't think uh, that there needs to it needs to be an issue or needs to be talked about or the gays need to get a month or whatever. Um, and I think that there's another echo chamber as well that's that's very vehemently against it. Yes. Can you can you maybe like for the people who were sort of uninitiated can you can you maybe give us some indication of first like what it's like even just being a, a female fan um never mind being a, a a lesbian fan yeah um i mean i i think that to be fair that and I, it's it's not fair obviously this but lesbians at football grounds uh personally this is speaking from my perspective and, and friends that i've spoken to it's almost accepted and, and I think this is why you tend to have more out female players in football. Um, and uh, there's, there's a lot we, we could name. There's a lot uh, that, that are out. And it's because, in a way, it's OK to be uh, a lesbian fo- footballer and it's OK to play and be a fan because it's tough sport and that's what us lesbians are, you know. And uh, <laughs> however... The men from the from the same perspective for the for the guys for the men, it's seen as a tough sport, and if you're going to be stereotypical, which we just have to be for the moment, it's not what gay men love and do, and they shouldn't like football and all of these things. And this is what I believe, anyway, my personal opinion about why we haven't got any gay male players in the Premier League out at the moment. And uh, as history goes. The last one was just in fashion and this that didn't end very well at all. And that was way back in 1990. And there's language that's used at football grounds as well, um, which is still going, still out there. Uh, it may just be a harmless comment that someone makes that doesn't think anything of it. Uh, get up your puff, um, you know talking about uh recently even where there's somebody who said uh called another player a faggot and that kind of thing and it's all negative it's all negatively used no one says what a great goal by that puff no one says it in a positive way uh, <laughs> so well, i've not heard it yet anyway have you i haven't but dolly if you ever play a five-a-sider that's got a good goal when <laughs> <laughs> In all seriousness, I think uh, what Michi just articulated, uh, we covered back on the Rainbow Laces game, uh, Donny, so, uh, and that was around, I, I think, the masculinity of it, where, you know, male, masculine uh, people think lesbianism and lesbians, oh, that's great and sexy and lovely, where, you know, they think two gay men is disgusting. That is factually, you know, what I believe happens, and, mm. and I think that's what uh, Michelle just articulated yeah, much bit, more eloquently than me. It's a bit like a magnet, isn't it? Um, there, there's one end that's very attractive, and there's one end that's very kind of repulsive to a certain brand of of heterosexual male. Unfortunately, um, and and I think it's kind of threatening as well homosexuality in some way. And that's what I love about you, Wiggy, is that you're the least threatening person I think I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have just learned that he's six foot tall. I'm <laughs> <laughs> towering over you then, Wiggy, and so is Ross. <laughs> oh. I can pretend to be six foot set here, can't I? <laughs> yeah, we're all at the same set now. Get your platforms on. Um, okay, so Mish, can you tell us then about what the club is doing? for uh, LGBT history. Yes. Can, can I refer to my list? Because I, I think I'm, I would forget everything. So I kind of had it written down a little bit on my, on my, my portable device here. Um, there's just so there's I hardly got... anything on my list. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, without it, I would be roaming in the dark. So <laughs> you're in good company. Go, yeah. I totally yeah, get it. Go on, mission. I'll help you. I'll fill in the blanks if you miss That's it. good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, so... We are we're raising money for uh, an LGBT group called Sage, um, which helps deal with um, isolation and loneliness amongst older LGBT people um, by 
auctioning our rainbow laces shirt, which is a um, a big deal. We need to shout about that really, really loudly because um, this was a shirt that we made up and we got sent to the players uh, for Rainbow Laces Week and they all wore it in their warm-up, which was fantastic to see. I mean, really brilliant. Uh, we got them all to sign it and uh, this is what is up for auction now. Um, I'm sure Stephen will actually have all the details of where you can... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good good plug there, Mish. We'll definitely get that into the box. <laughs> but, no, you can buy a ticket for it. In all seriousness, the money goes to Sage and it's a really, really well worthwhile cause. And so um, we're very lucky that, you know, we've got the place to sign it. We've got hold of that. Um, we've also launched an art project for a, a mural in the city centre, which, uh, which our man Mick has managed to get up and running and we're hopeful fingers crossed need to raise a bit of cash on that but uh we'll, we might get a mural with our lovely uh moniker on here she said ah, okay i thought it so, i thought it was going to be a robbie rogers celebrating a goal <laughs> <laughs> well you know we we might find one of them might we i don't know <laughs> did he score a goal uh, <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> he could he could score it on fifa <laughs> we'll go with that <laughs> I can score one. Um, we hope, we hope, this is a, 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 a fingers crossed thing, but we think it's going to happen that we will join a, an LUTV podcast, the one that uh, Patrick Bamford is on um, with Beckford towards the end of this month. Um, I haven't, you, haven't it, heard of that one, Mish. Oh, okay. Uh, this one is... Oh, are you He's joking. He's joking. Oh, He's joking. It looks serious and all this. It I do have gold sometimes on this forehead, so... No, no, there's only one Leeds United podcast. We all know that. Oh, that's good. Well, we might we might get to join that for a little bit. and, and You um, are. You're on yeah. it. Yeah. You're on. Well, you're live. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> oh, there. Jesus. It's not good. So we started off really well, how it was going, and now it's going now. Um, so, yes, we hope to be on the second best podcast uh, for Leeds United um, and uh, get our message across on that uh, also a badge has been sent out to all our members to thank them for free um to sell our celebrate our return to the premier league and guess what it just arrived today so i can actually show you what it looks like that is nice. our oh very lovely new badge World exclusive uh, yes yeah. very much so i mean what timing was that you can take um, that on youtube videos on a world exclusive podcast. yeah yeah, oh, yeah. world exclusive badge <laughs> Exclusive. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, we've got a program that we hope to be recording with, also with LUTV, uh, for future LGBT awareness training um, and the academy at the local community. Um, and we hope to be joined by a well-known former player who shall Ooh. remain anonymous, who we haven't mentioned at all yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean. <laughs> Who hasn't scarred at Ellen Road? <laughs> Probably didn't, no, unless it was on FIFA. So that education programme, um, I'm guessing that kind of introduces people who genuinely might not have been aware that, you know, calling, saying something is gay or whatever, like might affect somebody else. Uh, it, just if you use that word, they might that might affect someone's, like, you know, yeah, definitely. whole life in a way. Yeah, we we want to make, I mean, there may be, I have no doubt there are young people coming up through the academy who want to be able to go to Ellen Road whenever we get back to those times and find that as a safe place for them to go and not hear these slurs and worry about perhaps uh, their well-being at a game. You know, at the end of the day, yeah. we're all just football fans. That's We're all human beings who are football fans who want to watch a game um, and, and want to watch our team win. Um when I was a, a kid, um, I went to, you know, at all, uh, Leeds Grammar School, so all, all boys grammar school. I mean, if you thought something was stupid, you'd say, oh, that's gay or, you know, and I didn't, I had no idea. So I think if I had have known that that was affecting other people, I mean, I was happy as Larry, um, completely blissfully, ignorantly unaware. And, you know, probably there were a couple of sat around the table who were having you know psychological distress at the use of this word and if i'd have known of course of course i never would have um said that so i think that 
education programs like this are really important, especially in, as we've talked about, Wiggy, like very macho environments that are that are changing rooms mm-hmm. at times. And, and, and I think that's it. The, the educate because most of the most of the time, some of the time, people don't know what they're saying is a, is offensive or is causing hurt or damage, and that's what the education pieces are at, is about. And I think the commitment from the club. Um, since we've been in the Premier League, has gone just up another step. It's it's always been great that they've really got behind uh, behind it this year. And the tr- so on uh, Monday, the training was for the senior leaders of the club, including Angus, for three and a half hours. With uh, it was either Stonewall or football versus homophobia. I get mixed up, but it was a three three and a half hour course that all the senior leaders at the football club went through. And I think oh. that to me to show that your CEO is going and taking it that seriously shows for me a different level of commitment. Um, and as, and as a, a, a gay man and, and Mish um, as a as a gay woman, just sat there, you go, wow! Like you know, they're really wanting to help and support, and and they talk about making Ellen Road inclusive for everyone, and, and that for me is a statement of inclusion. We need to get Victor onto this. He needs to uh, be there with his <laughs> with his binoculars and his marching out together flag. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, but he will. He, I'm sure he will have been on that course, and I think it's a, a, a great, a great that they're all going through that and all supporting each other because, um, because they can support and help each other because there, there'll be some things that they don't know or didn't know going into this, going into the training that that is offensive that they won't have thought was, and I think it's uh, it's great. I think the the other two bits of training. Um, that are happening is, is all through the academy as well again with Stonewall and football versus homophobia so next, I think it's next week the under 18s and the under 23s are going through a training programme for a couple of hours which is great um, and marching out together uh, are going to are gonna be there uh, so we're dialing into it uh, we haven't agreed who yet uh, that might be an exclusive mission but we're dialing into it uh, we've got <laughs> a board right. meeting on Saturday so we'll be discussing it then first dibs first dibs yeah, there you go. That, that might lead into what the last bit of what I've got um, here, which is about Katie Katie Slee from the Academy launching a comprehensive, comprehensive series. Now I've got to say this because my man Andrew, who sent me this list, he put there, he put in, he meant to write the words LGBT awareness training courses for staff, as you just said. Only he typed the word lager. So I I don't know if it's a lager awareness training course. <laughs> Or if it's LGBTQ plus. So um, you make of that what you will, really, to be honest. To find um, one, yeah, one. Is a Freud- Freudian slip there. Yeah. And maybe that's why Angus was there. I don't know. I mean. Does it talk the differences of Stella versus Calberg versus, <laughs> versus Carly? Yeah. Gives you the, uh, the differences. All the dry, differences. January is, dry January has really had its effect on poor Andrew's. <laughs> <laughs> it was Stephen who did die January. I think I'm on the lager anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was a, yeah, it just made me laugh, did that? Because I thought he meant to put la- larger and then he said, no, I meant LGBT plus. So <laughs> autocorrect it's best, maybe. I, but I think I think that training you're on about, Mish, for, for us is, is really important because that is kind of inward facing and making... Uh, Thorpe Arch, Legion United, uh, an inclusive employer, inclusive place to be. Um, as we talked about on a previous, we do a lot kind of externally, uh, but we tend to do our stuff around Rainbow Laces and around uh, Leeds Pride. And I think that's really important. Uh, a bit like p- picking your battles. When's the right time to kind of have, have a conversation externally mm. versus, okay, let's do some stuff internally. Uh, w- would you agree, Mish? Uh, yes, Absolutely agree with what you said that was what I was paid to say right Stephen oh yeah (laughs) yes absolutely yeah I think what this kind of reminds me of is in the late 80s there was a big movement to especially among the fan base and and fanzines to kick the neo-nazis and the the right-wing fascists out of the fan base um and to kind of call it out and I think we're at a threshold whole point now that in the next you know five to ten years that the tide is going to turn um and that's what i can see and that these things will be called out 
And there's there's this great cartoon from a one of I can't remember which which fanzine it was at that time. In a cartoon of the crowd, one of the people in the crowd was sort of yelling some uh, fascist stuff, and then there was another another guy who was who was saying, "Oh, here we go, another prat or or whatever, something like that." And I think that that kind of mentality, we always we always progress in some way. We even though it looks it can look disheartening at times and it can look like we're taking steps back. Um, I actually think in general, um, every 20 or so years, we make big steps um, towards progress. So I think um, what Marching Out Together is doing, what LGBT History Month does and Rainbow Laces and the club getting involved with the senior leadership and, and education for Thorpe Arch is going to be a huge driving force for for all that and uh, and it can't come soon enough definitely Agreed. definitely 100 percent. the reason i'm involved in match that together isn't for me you know it's for it's for other people and it's for uh, other fans to, to feel included and you know the ones who are not maybe as thick-skinned as me um it's to help them make sure that ellen, ellen road is inclusive for them and i think the um the work we've done with the club around making the signage better and things like that at Ellen Road, that was all ongoing pre-COVID. So we were talking to the head of security who looked after match days about better signage, a, bit, a shorter text number if you hear homophobic language. Um, but obviously since the pandemic, that's all gone quiet, rightfully so. Uh, but once we start to make strides to go back to Ellen Road, it'll be back on the agenda. I am a member of Marching Out Together. and uh, have been for a while now, over a year and a half or something, and I am most definitely heterosexual. So whoever is listening uh, to this pod, can you can you tell them how they can get involved? It's on the pinned tweet on our Twitter. If you want to get involved and, and become a member, just uh, hit that and uh, and you will become a member if, if you want to, or if you just want to follow us on Twitter, um, then yeah, choose whichever. Other way is best for you. And and what is it at marching out together on Twitter? Yeah, it, it is. Okay, so uh, you can inquire there. You can email marching out together at gmail.com. And uh, there's also a raffle. So don't forget that. We'll put all of these links in the description of either the podcast or the YouTube video. Um, so get involved. And basically, the more the merrier and the more support that we can show to this the the quicker the 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 tide will will turn and um the minority which i do believe is a very small minority will will have to quite just shut the fuck up basically because they'll realize that they're vastly outnumbered i think it's just about educating people because you can get you can get i get upset and i get annoyed maybe i'm not as thick-skinned as Stephen, but people get frustrated that you're mixing sport or football with get you know with with uh with lgbt stuff and it's like but it goes together and football's massive so it's a great platform to use and uh that's what we're that's all we're, we're trying to do be football fans watching football i think yeah i think each of them negative comments just make it really and show why we do it okay um so thanks very much Thanks very much, Mish. That's hard Jeez, to say, isn't it? I know. Denial, <laughs> well, My wife is called Mags. It gets even worse. <laughs> it's your Mags. Thanks very much, Mish, um, for joining us. That was uh, really insightful and so great to hear what the club are doing. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Thank Mish. You. All right, so that was Mish. She was lovely, wasn't she? Very lovely. She's welcome yeah. back in the future. I felt like it was like it was one of those vice president of the United States type things, you know, first woman um, on the pod, <laughs> first lesbian on the pod, you know, first person from Leicestershire on the pod. <laughs> you, you, you're diversifying. <laughs> we do. You wait for a diversification, and three come at once. <laughs> So uh, that's just about all we have time for. Um, so uh, final thoughts, I guess. Uh, yeah, good week for Leeds. 
excited for the rest of the season and yeah, get involved with marching out together. I've literally just signed up myself. Ross is just after a free badge. That's what's going on. Yes. Right. <laughs> I've got fabulous free badges. You've missed the car. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've got a contact though. <laughs> Um, yeah. final, th- final thoughts, Wiki? Yeah, a, a, a great uh, great return on points from uh, the three games we've talked about. I think um, we are definitely safe. So let's enjoy the rest of the season. Let's see how far we can get up the league. If yeah. it's, uh, it's a bit further, that would be great. But, you know, where we are is, is really good too. So, yeah, and uh, yeah, get involved in marching out together on the, on the, uh, the links and things that we said. But thank you for having me. It's been a great day. Oh, a pleasure. Well, you're a peacock, so we don't need to... You're part of the furniture now. We don't need to thank you for uh, coming on. Um, <laughs> so, uh, this at the end of this 65th podcast, Christ, have we done Jesus that many? Really? We've uh, <laughs> slipped and slid to it, and I hope you've enjoyed it. And as I said uh, last night, how is the mental facility? Um we appreciate you still tuning in, even though that's the reason why you're in there. So uh, if you want to follow us at Peacock's Raw <laughs> on Twitter, you can do that. We give away a piece of my art every month. And uh, well, we've got loads of stuff coming up for you. We've got book reviews. Some of these, some of these book re- books are about to be uh, reviewed. So 100 Years of Leeds United by Daniel Chapman. Apparently he's on some other podcast I've never heard of. No, um, never heard of it. Service Crew, uh, Leeds United's Hooligan Gang. So uh, look forward to a special on that. I've got Football Clichés, which is, is, is another great podcast. It's not about oh, nice. Leeds. Um, and uh, the biography of Leeds United by Rob Batchy. Um, it's, there's loads of stuff going on. I can't believe you wouldn't press the subscribe button because it's fucking free, you horrible, mean <laughs> bastard. So if you haven't done it, click on it and write yeah. some comments and like the video, for God's yeah. sake. It's a very goodbye Good. from me. My name's Adonis, and it's a very goodbye from Ross. Goodbye. Make sure you like and subscribe. And it's a very goodbye from Wiki. Goodbye. Like and subscribe and get paid to say that. Come on, Leeds. <laughs> On and on, on and on, on and on. On and on. Most of our stats come from LUFC stats or LUFC data on Twitter. A very special thanks to Barney Stewart, Cookie Ewan, and Howard Metcalf, Josh Pearson, Laura, Leon, and Rob, the Light Show, and all our family and friends. So many games to play, don't care what's on your mind.